Hello, welcome to another episode of the Golf.com podcast. I'm your host, Sean Zock. It has been a while since I hosted an interview with a player. It's probably my fault, too busy doing other things. But anyway, here we are. Today we've got a great guest. He's a former Masters champion, a former Players champion, a two-time senior major winner, and now he'll be back on the airwaves as a radio host. He is Fred Couples, Freddie Boom Boom, to many of you golf fans out there. Fred, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm a big listener to the radio stations and all the guys and girls, and I did a few of these last year, and we had such a good time that uh, you know we decided to give it a go, and um, the one big thing we pushed for was two hours, because one hour goes so darn fast, so... Scott and the gang were very nice to us, and, and that's how we're here, and we're really enjoying uh, the shows and ready to start a new year. It does go really fast. Anyone who is in any kind of radio or podcast production, and a half an hour is like nothing, and an hour really goes by quickly, too. Um, so let's let's talk about radio. You've got plenty of experience in it, and now you're going to be doing these monthly shows. You've done plenty of them before uh, for Sirius XM. My question is, why does Fred Couples do sports talk radio? What what do you get out of it? Well, you know, I get a little bit of harassment, for instance, you know, <laughs> hanging up. Didn't even I, I didn't really know how to get rid of Michael Jordan, so I kinda just we just kinda hung up and everyone said, What did you just do? So <laughs> it's it's like everything. It's a learning process. But you know, to be honest, I I, I know it's gonna sound crazy, but I I live in LA and Newport for my whole life in Palm Springs and I'm not a music person. So I listen to talk, talk radio and I'm not big on news. So it's usually sports. And, um, I, I just enjoy it. And, and two hours later, I, I either get home or I get to the desert. And when I got the call to maybe do this show, I thought, wow, you know, can I handle this? Because for me, golf, is what I do. So I, I thought, you know, can I do more than golf? Can I do other sports? Can I get athletes that play golf to come on and certainly athletes that don't play golf? So it was very intriguing to me. Um, it's very nerve wracking because like in anything, you know, just like you, Sean, you want to, everything wants to be perfect. Well, I don't know what perfect is. So, uh, you know, my first few shows, yeah, the perfect scenario was, you know, to call Michael Jordan, who was at the Ryder Cup. Well, my gosh, you know, how are you going to get a better guest than that? Yeah. Then we had Jerry West, and we had Jim Nance, and blah, 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 blah. So the easy part is doing that. The hardest part, you know, is is just getting the jingle and talking to him and have fun. And then once you get going, it, it, it becomes fairly easy. Yeah. Now, your show is going to obviously incorporate golf talk, but it'll also incorporate a lot of sports talk that is not golf-related, uh, what is your favorite non-golf sport to play or non-golf sport to watch? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a baseball fan. My dad played baseball and my brother played baseball. So I, I really enjoy, you know, everything. It, it, and as I get older, I'm 58. I don't, I mean, I, everyone knows I love TV, but it's very difficult for me to sit through you know, a full football game. I mean, and again, 30 years ago, 
we didn't you couldn't turn the channel every two seconds and watch <laughs> golf on one channel mm-hmm. college basketball on another hockey on another lacrosse on another uh you know you get ever rugby's on and all the espns and foxes and mm-hmm. you know all this stuff so i enjoy just watching people I, I think people watch me so when i go play golf yeah you know you get a gallery and they stare at you so i like to watch other other people i might go to a basketball game and not even look at the guy with the ball half the time just to see what everyone else is doing it's just you know it's intriguing and and, the, and like you said this radio show i mean the hour you're going oh my god you guys we have 12 minutes left and then it gets disappointing <laughs> you know, because you want you want to keep going. But um, I I like all sports. I like college basketball, obviously the college football. And then uh, on Tuesday when we come on, you know, obviously we're going to get right to the Super Bowl. And we have a couple unreal people coming on that uh, I think people enjoy. And um, the first one we're having on is Eli Manning. All right. And he's going to come on and, yeah, and talk about, you know, how they beat New England and then and then Justin Tuck's going to come on who's a golfer and avid watcher and uh, a lot of people will know him and, and some might not remember I don't really know but huge huge uh, defensive lineman and, and big with the Giants when they were playing so well mm-hmm. so it, that's fun and then we're going to finish the show off with uh, Jimmy Nance he's going to come on and perfect and talk golf and about the weekend with Tiger and everything else that's going on in golf, and of course, give us a couple of Super Bowl stories. Yeah, I mean you, that's it's a perfect week for you guys to debut. Debut is Tuesday, January thirtieth, because you got the Super Bowl. You've got Tiger playing at Tory. Um, as far as Super Bowl goes, we don't have to delve into it too much, but let's just get you to get a pick out of the way. Who do you have winning, and do you have any reason for it? Well, it's like the you know national championship game. We're sitting around and. Suzanne and I look at each other and, you know, who do you want to win? And I said, I just want a great game. Yeah. But in the Super Bowl, you know, I, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. So I think that's already going to come out. It would be nice to see Tom Brady win again. And, <laughs> and everyone Tom Brady. But, you know, there's other players on that team, too. But, um, you know, it's all – it's mostly his name. And then on Philly, you know, I, I – Obviously, they have an unreal defense. They have a great offense. They score a lot of points, even with Foles in there. So we're going to try and take a couple questions, too, and, and, and see if we can answer them mm-hmm. uh, in a legitimate way on the Super Bowl. But I really would like to see a, a, a heck of a game and have four hours. And, of course, he's not a big, big buddy, but he's a semi-friend. I want to see Justin Timberlake on the halftime show. That yeah. sounds weird. But, you know, I can listen to music for five to ten minutes, and then I kind of I have to go do something else. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I'm excited to see what you do at the show. And obviously you've got you've got good connections, you know, semi-friend. If, you, if you're having Justin Timberlake as a semi-friend, you're pretty well-connected, and potential guests are pretty outstanding. In terms of golf, though, I mean, more importantly for your first show, you're going to have plenty of time to talk about Tiger Woods, who played this weekend at Torrey Pines. Kind of an up-and-down event for him, but solid in many ways. Another step on the comeback. I want to ask you about his comeback because everyone really tends to say the same things like, you know, Tiger looks happy. He looks fast. He looks like he has more speed, but he looks happy. He's smiling. I think that's all we've really been getting so far. I'm just curious if you can add a little bit more to the story. Like what, what have you seen out of him that hasn't already been said a hundred times? You know what, Sean, that's a great question. I, 
he's he's someone that um, I have fun texting with. Uh, mm-hmm. I, we talk about his kids, um, and golf very rarely comes up. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when we were at the President's Cup, and uh, you know I was an assistant, he was an assistant, and golf never came up in, wow. in seven straight days. And I didn't ask him. I don't know if some of the other team uh, team team players, you know, Ricky and all the boys, Dustin, were asking how he was doing. But then he went and played in the uh, in his in his Tiger Hero Challenge. And I got to tell you, you know, the things you just said, the speed, the smiling. But you know, my caddy Joey of twenty something years is, is caddying for him. Yeah, and uh, you know he. He never gives out much. And all he said is he's just very excited. And, you know, I can see that because when when you're the best player in the world for that long mm-hmm. and then, you know, you have this face that, you know, you don't want any player to seem like you're enjoying their golf. So he did that very well for a long time. So now is he the player that he once was? Of course not. Can he be? Yeah. If, he, if he's feeling good and healthy – but you know there is another thing where you're where you're trying to come back and and you have these little back issues. It's just kind of at the end of the day you're exhausted. And mm-hmm. There was a time where I was I'll be honest I was miserable. I mean I just couldn't take it. It's like having a toothache all day long. So I'm not really giving you anything here. But I, I guess what I what I see in him is is just what everything you said. And I I can't really give you anything new because. I've, I've seen him play two rounds. I did watch 90% of the golf on, on Thursday and Friday. Um, you know, I was a little surprised he didn't drive it as well as he did at the Hero Challenge. But it's a really, they're really good golf courses now. The North Course mm-hmm. has been changed, and it's very difficult. But I think today he's going to be the most relaxed he's been in months. And yeah. I have a funny feeling this is, a, this is a big day for him. I don't think he's going to feel edgy i think he's going to feel good and his game's going to be a little better and i think he's going to have a really really good round i'd be shocked if he didn't yeah now we're recording this um saturday we can't predict what he's you know what he's going to do in the final two rounds but that is a good outlook you know a guy that he's going to tee off earlier than the leaders and he's going to have a a course that he knows very well so I, i would i would like to see if he performs well um now his back injury history is well documented so is yours. Um, I understand that they're not exactly the same. Two different people, two different backs, two different bodies. But you both still yearn to, to compete at a high level. And it was reported last week that Tiger, he, he has recently started warming up with driver first. And I'm just curious, it was reported that that tip came from you. And I'm just curious, if, first off, if that's true. And secondly, why would anyone want to warm up with the driver first? What's the idea there? Well... It may have come from Joey, uh, my caddy. And so there was a time where I couldn't hit a pitching wedge or a sand wedge. I, I, even, even when I played okay golf, mm-hmm. and I'll go real quick because this is really about Tiger. So I would go practice, and by the time you know I'd warm up hitting sand wedges and nine irons, my back would already hurt. So I would start out with drivers, and you know I would hit them at seventy percent, mm-hmm. but it just was a fluid swing and I would stand really tall and it really never affected my back. And there were, there were some days where I never putted. I, I never hit any irons. I just swung and, and hit drivers and warmed up and went to the first tee. 
And I think that's there's nothing wrong with that. Tom Watson, for the longest time, has warmed up with a three iron, which mm-hmm. that absolutely blows my mind. But just standing <laughs> taller and getting the swings down and then get your butt, you know, obviously he's been stretched, he's worked out. But when he goes to the, you know, driving range, there's that little time of 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for instance, Tiger will tell you that if he plays golf and there's a weight on a tee, uh, for two groups or if someone loses a ball, you know, then he stands there for 10, 12 minutes. It's like you're starting over. Your, your back is a very controlled thing. And, and when it, once it gets going, you know, I used to say I could play 36 holes. Once I started, if I never stopped, that was never the problem. You know, the problem was if I sat down, uh, you know, if, if my back, if, if I waited and stood and stood, then it was like just a horrible, but I, I think, I think he's doing this drill. I, I don't know if he did it at San Diego or maybe he's just doing it at home, but it really is just something to get your body going where you don't feel the strain of the bending of your back to hit wedges. Totally. Totally. Now uh, I want to pivot only slightly uh, from tiger to St. Andrews, a place that he dominated at one point. Um, but that's where the, the senior British open is going to be this year. And it's the first time that the senior British open will be there. And that'll be an event. I'm sure that you are hoping to play in, um, but you own that place. If you just look oh, at I'm, Sean, I'm going no matter how I feel. It is. I will use the word for us on the Champions Tour. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. I mean, we, you know, we played at uh, uh, Carnoustie. We played Turnberry. We played uh, a couple times in Ireland. My mind blank on a golf course. It's unbelievable. But St Andrews, I, I have three or four really good amateur friends that are going to go over there and try and qualify. I mean, this is, for me, uh, perfect timing. Uh, I'm 58. I might not be playing much longer. And to go to St. Andrews to play in a, a, a golf event, I know it's the Senior British Open, which is one of my favorite events. This is just, it's, I can't wait. Yeah, I bet. I Do you know your, your do you remember, or at least how much do you remember your own personal history at St. Andrews? Because it's really good. Well, I know my first British Open um, was 1984. Yep. And uh, I I played very well. And I remember I was maybe three groups from the end. And I was, you know, 25 years old or 24 years old sitting. There's three or four little steps right behind the 18th green. And I watched Seve make that putt and then punch his fist all, you know, in all corners of the green to all the fans. And I got to tell you, it was, it was unreal, unreal. Um, and then I played well a few other times, and uh, I just I like the sense of it. I like, you know, hitting it in other fairways, which I've done a lot in my <laughs> career. But here, here you want to hit them in other fairways. It's it's just for 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 the times that I missed putts in tournaments and not you know made the ones I need to at St Andrews. You know, you're going to hit a lot of greens, and I consider myself to be a, a very, very good lag putter. You can have putts at St. Andrews from 60, 70, 80, 100 feet, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and I putt well there, which is a good thing to do because when the wind starts really blowing hard, it's a, it's a very, very difficult course. If it's calm, uh, I don't know where they'll put our tees, but you know, if it's calm and you keep it out of the bunkers, you should score well, and, and that's you know, in the four or five times I've played there, uh, I've done well. 
Yeah, totally. Now, uh, that'll be a lot of fun, actually, for media members, because the Open Championship is at Carnoustie, not very far from St. Andrews. And then directly one week later is when the Senior British Open will be, which it'll be really cool because I imagine a lot of media members will want to stick around, just hang out in St. Andrews, hang out in the area. Um, Because, in part, the Champions Tour is filled with a lot of great guys, a lot of great stories. Uh, they're great with the media. They still all want to win and compete. So it'll be a fun setting there, I'm sure. No, I, I, I would agree with you wholeheartedly on that. And even if, even if they come and uh, stay a few days, because you are correct, the Champions Tour um, is it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things I've done. Look, I, everyone, I love competition. I, I, I love competing. I wish I could have played more. I wish I could play longer. But the Champions Tour, what what it gives us all is, you know, I always say the same thing. You get the best pairings you'll ever have. Uh, and if you play well, you'll continue to get those pairings. And it, it's, I mean, I got paired last, or at the Mitsubishi with Tom Watson. And I asked, you know, I played with him there every year. He's 68 years old. What does he shoot the first day? 68, you know, <laughs> yeah. which for him is probably a little ho-hum, but, it's just, it's very interesting. And my caddy and I knew how he stood. He probably didn't even know he was four under with one hole to play. But anytime you can shoot your age, but the, you are correct. So if they can come down from Carnoustie and then watch us play at uh, St. Andrews, uh, it'll it'll be great golf. There is not, certainly not bad golf. We're, we don't chop it around. We play very well and it's very competitive. I mean, what Bernard Longer has done for the last eight or nine years for me uh, just to look at is is incredible. He's number one in every category. He's he he didn't win the Schwab Cup last year just <laughs> by by I think bad luck. Yeah. I don't want to take it away from Kevin Sutherland, but I mean the guy is number one all year round with little teeny breaks here and there. Uh, he you know he might break Hale Irwin's record of of most wins on the Champions Tour, but. He's still got a long ways to go to do that. But Bernard is uh, phenomenal for the Champions Tour. Yeah, he is a menace. He is He's difficult to compete with, I imagine. Um, one more thing I want to really get to with you is is the Ryder Cup. And I know that it's probably not something you love being asked about, um, but your name will continue to be brought up as a potential Ryder Cup captain. And there's a, a large section, I'm sure you know this, a large section of the fan base that really, really want you in that role. I think it's pretty natural, but how badly, I guess, do you still want that? How long before you, you almost just get over it and you don't consider it a possibility? Is it something that you really still want to do? No, I, I, I really do want the opportunity, but I think I better start getting over it because, you know, after Furyk, they've got some studs coming in there, and yeah. uh, I wouldn't shock me if Phil Mickelson was mentioned or even tiger woods in four years but you know the bottom line was after the run of the president's cup you know i i didn't really call up the pga but the word got out and then i talked to them a couple different times and you know i may have told them a couple things that they didn't want to hear but you know i'm not interested in having the Ryder cup be run the same way for the players Mm -hmm. i only speak for the 12 guys that whoever you're with, you're the captain of. Uh, I just think there's a lot going on and uh, the European team has a lot going on too. And they seem to win and it's the same format and it's the same dinners you have to go to. But 
I just think I wasn't maybe one of their guys. I mean, some people think that, uh, you know, I'm a little lackadaisical and I've had people ask me, you know, okay, captain, when's the bus go tomorrow morning? And I, I look right at him. I say, look, that's not my job. My job <laughs> is to have you guys play well. You can find out when the bus going from anyone else. And, you know, and they laugh at me. But if you say that to someone such as the PGA of America president, you know, mm-hmm. he may not think it's that funny, but my job is not to, to get people around. It's to get them to Paris like Jim Furyk's going to do. And he's going to get these guys to play well. And I think I can do that very well. I, I, I enjoy the players. Uh, we were at the president's cup again. Uh, Steve Stricker was phenomenal. And I was one of the four assistants and we had a great time, but I, it won't be something, you know, that I went, go back and say, Oh my God, I was never Ryder yeah. cup captain because it is an unreal honor. And just to be with the guys is a lot of fun, but, we all have certain things that we we think um, would make the team better. Okay. And, you know, we haven't won it a lot. And we won it, you know, last time. And I think we're going to do very well in France. It'll be very difficult because there'll be 60,000 people there screaming and yelling. And uh, it'll, yeah. it'll be a tough challenge. But the American players, uh, you know, we there's such a great bunch. Uh, and then, of course, you have a new guy coming for them, John Rahm, mm-hmm. who seems like he might win 10 times. So I I think this Ryder Cup will be something very special. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to France and watch it and uh, walk around and enjoy it. Awesome. That's, that's cool to hear that you'll go. Uh, is it Would it maybe possibly be as an assistant captain role, or does, is it too early to tell for that? No, I think Furyk's got his guys, um, and I, I don't want to – guess who they are but I, yeah. I know he's got them and uh no i i went i went to minnesota um and had a great time unfortunately i had to come back i did i i left sunday morning and i got home to watch it on tv but mm-hmm. you know going to paris will stay the whole time but um it's you know it's a unique event and even though i play golf i'd love to go to super bowls and i went to the four World Series games in L.A., and I don't do this all the time, but as I get older, golf's becoming secondary, so I'm trying to do other stuff. But I would hate to miss, in the prime of these guys' players, I mean, the Justin Roses and the Roy McIlroy's, you know, they're all at this age where they're just, they seem like they're at the top of the world, and only so many guys can win. And it's going to bounce around between these 20 guys, in my opinion. I, I think Europe is stacked, and I think the U.S. is stacked, and uh, the Ryder Cup will be in a great city on a, on a really nice course. I don't know anything about it, but I've watched it on TV, and uh, you know it's built specifically for tournament golf. Yeah. No, I'll let you get out of here with one more question. With that in mind, um, the whole idea of, like you said, 60,000 fans, European mostly fans, like – I think we're probably downplaying a little bit of what it's like for players from America to go over there. I mean, you were part of the last American team to win on European soil in 1993, <laughs> and I know you didn't even you didn't even I guess perform to your typical standards, I suppose that week. Um, but that's 25 years ago, so you have at least a little bit of an idea what it's like to at least get a half a point in a singles match. Um, yeah. I'm- yeah, think about that. We have not won in 25 years in Europe. I, I, I don't even know if that's even – I can't even c- comprehend that. It, it's so mind-boggling, <laughs> but it's the truth. And, you know, I was 
I was a good singles player. I teamed up a few times. I won. I won a few matches, but I was a you know a mediocre Ryder Cup player. I, I a lot of times was paired against their best players, even though it's you know you don't pair up. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't win many. You know, I'm, I you can look over. I won a few great singles matches and really lost the poor one. Um, but overall, you know, it was it was kind of mediocre. But when you when you're not winning many of them, everyone's record's going to be mediocre. But <laughs> yeah, I so there there were a couple incredible matches. Uh, I played with Payne Stewart, who was just one of the all time great teammates and. You know, we still miss them every single day. But let me tell you, a match with Payne Stewart in a Ryder Cup and Paul Azinger uh, was, was just a treat. And I got to play with them, and I also played with my buddy Davis Love, but probably not as much as we wished we would have. But the Ryder Cup is a very special event, Sean. You're correct. And, uh, you know, you, you got to win matches. When, when you're ahead with three holes to play, mm-hmm. you know, you got to win them. And those points are unreal. And if you look at the President's Cup, it's the complete opposite. We win every match on the 16th, 17th. And, and no one knows why. You cannot tell me why this works. It's just we know going in, even though it's every two years, that we win the President's Cup. And I think you, I think you still feel like you're, you're a winner. Even though it's two years later, you still feel like you're winning all the time. And it's, it's just a bonus. Yeah. I guess part of that probably is confidence. Um, where does the Ryder Cup rank for you like i understand that you win a masters and you win a players you you become a hall of famer uh and as you said you you probably weren't the greatest rider cupper as a, as a player i guess just like you don't get paid for these events and a lot of people say that it's you know the players sometimes at point at other times they have a trouble getting up for the president's cup like wh- where does the rider cup where does the te- these team events where does that actually rank for you when you look back at a long career yeah, well, I mean, I think I think if if you just answer real quickly, uh, certainly it would go the Masters for me would be my number one great accomplishment in golf. It's my favorite tournament in the world every single year, even this year. And as my buddy just said, it's in 68 days before we <laughs> get there. But the Ryder Cup is the greatest achievement to get there. Um, and I played on five teams. And I had a blast. You know, the only time it didn't become a blast is when it was Sunday and you watched, you know, the last guy make a putt where you won or didn't win and we tied and, you know, all this stuff. But the whole week, you're nervous from the time you you get there on Monday. I mean, practice rounds feel like you're in a major. I, I It's hard to explain to people. Yeah. And if they have friends, you know, they say, oh, my God, my buddy Jimmy made a Ryder Cup team and then he comes back. They're all going to tell you the same thing. They, you go tee off on a Tuesday in front of 30,000 people. You do it all the time. But with the Ryder Cup, you're, you're nervous on Tuesday. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think I'm any different than anyone else. Of course, you're laughing and you're smiling. But with the stand over it, uh, every shot is like a major and yeah. when you're trying to win a point against your guy it feels like you're you know you're on the last six holes of a u.s open or a british open or at the masters it's just nerve-wracking as heck and you know the 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 better the players do it and um i i think i i honestly think not last year wasn't good i think this year 
uh, in France is going to be incredible. It's going to be the best 24 players I think ever assembled. I really do. Um, we've had teams with Nicholas and Trevino and Miller. Um, but if you include Europe, you know, they weren't probably as strong back then as, as our team. But if you look at their team and our team, they'd be the 24 best players ever to be around golf. I like it. I'm looking forward to it already. We can leave it at that. If you want to hear more from Fred, you're going to have to tune into his show, The Fred Couple Show on Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio. It starts this Tuesday, January 30th. Freddie, thanks again, man. Sean, thank you, and thanks for promoting us. I appreciate it a lot. Big thanks to Fred Couples, a fan favorite for sure. Thanks to him for calling on a Saturday, a Saturday out in L.A., uh, an early morning for him at this point. I'd love to see him as a Ryder Cup captain. He'd be a really fun one to cover, if you can tell just by this conversation. very honest, very open with his feelings on certain things, not afraid to hide them. And honestly, that'll make him a great radio host. So tune in to The Fred Couples Show. That's all for now here. Thanks for listening to the golf.com podcast. Do me a favor, give us a rating on iTunes, preferably five out of five, maybe four out of five, if you thought I was just not quite up to today. And let me know what you think on Twitter at Sean underscore Zuck. That's S-E-A-N underscore Z-A-K. We've got another podcast coming this week uh, about Bob Vokey and the history of the Vokey Wedge. So stay tuned for that. Until then, I'm your host, Sean Zuck. <laughs>